0: Welcome to Ride Every Stride, Episode 18.
1: Welcome to Ride Every Stride with Van Hargis, a podcast about horsemanship and more. Our goal is to educate, motivate, inspire, and entertain you through an exploration of everything horsemanship and the intersection of horsemanship and humanship. My name is Laura McClellan, and I'm your co-host on Ride Every Stride, and I'm here with Master Horseman Van Hargis, and we're going to be responding to a question that was brought up about trailer loading.
0: Yes, Laura. John sent this in to us, didn't he? Yes. Yes. You know, it's funny, Laura, because I think on a previous episode, we talked about the concept of fear, trust, and and, uh, confidence. And I can't think of a better example to kind of reiterate the message of that and to incorporate it with the trailer loading administration. And and here's why, is trailer loading tends to be a fairly common issue with a lot of horses. And, hmm, I wonder why that is. It's amazing to me that we see it as nothing more than just a trailer. It's a means of getting a horse from point A to point B. But I wonder how the horse perceives it. Number one, it's an obstacle elevated off the ground that wiggles when you step on it. <laughs> it makes noise when the when you step on it. And it's a box. It's a trap. It's, it's someplace in the It's a bear horse, cave. Yeah, it's a bear cave. The horse can't escape once it goes in there. Hmm, I wonder why they'd have a problem with any of those things. <laughs> you know, so. The reality is that we do nowadays, unless we're going to ride our horses from point A to point B, then we're going to have to figure out a way to transport them. And there's a lot of great horse trailers out there today that make that thing very safe a very safe process for us. The trick is getting the horse on the trailer. So what I try to concentrate is, uh, number one, what are the steps that I need to get the horse on there? And what are the tools I need to get the horse on there? And the first thing that comes to my mind always is safety. I want to be safe, both for myself as well as the horse. So first of all, before I ever load him in a trailer, or even attempt to load him in a trailer, I want to make sure that the trailer I'm going to be loading him in is very, very safe. And um, that may be different for some folks, but for me, I just want to make sure the trailer is safe. It's got no sharp obstacles on the inside of it, no sharp edges anywhere. I want to make sure that there's no rusted areas at the bottom of the trailer. I want to make sure that the floor is sturdy and it's not going to allow the horse to fall through the trailer. All of those things are very relative, in in my opinion, before we ever start. Another thing is, if I'm going to have a a fairly good-sized horse, I want a fairly tall trailer. I don't want to try to teach a horse to duck down and go under something just to get inside the trailer. In other words, make sure the door opening is big enough for the horse to be able to go in there comfortably and safely. And then the other thing is that once we decide that the trailer is safe, then the other thing I want to consider, maybe my technique of loading the trailer needs to be as safe. And one of the things that I recommend, and I see people doing you know, the trailer loading thing in various different ways, but one of the things that scare me the most is when I see people lead horses in a trailer, meaning that the, the handler goes in first and then we try to lead the horse in behind us. Or I'll see a leader go in in front leading the horse in, then I'll see someone behind the horse trying to spank the horse, for lack of a better word to follow the leader that's already in the trailer. I've
1: I've seen that many times. Yeah.
0: And and that's actually probably one of the most common ones for horses that are having a little difficulty in loading. The problem that I have with that is, is that again, now you're at the back of the cave and the horse is coming in. And my question is, where are you going to go if something goes wrong? You're trapped inside this box with a 1200 pound or larger animal. And you could very easily get squished. You could get hurt. You could get in a position to where you can't escape. So, yeah, the horse might be safe in this case, but you're certainly not.
1: Well, and so if you're not going to, how do you lead a horse into a trailer without going in first?
0: I mean, well, there you go. <laughs> oh. You just don't do it. And that's just my little humble opinion. My, my approach is usually I try to, what I call, send a horse in, meaning I'm going to stay on the outside and I'm going to send the horse in the trailer ahead of me. So that's just my choice. And I've, I've seen other people do the leading in thing. I'm not necessarily opposed to it I just wanted to be very keenly aware of the of the dangers of that of being inside an obstacle or an area such as a trailer with a much larger animal blocking the exit.
1: I would think I mean I I've had conversations with people about this that the idea of leading the horse in is you're showing the horse see it's safe to go in here you love me and right. I'm going in here and I would steer you wrong you know setting aside whether that rationale makes sense, whether the horse is going to think of it in those terms. If the horse is not willing to be led in, why and how would you get it to the point that it would be willing to be sent in?
0: Right. And that's the step that I want to start. In other words, I'm going to break. That's the method that I prefer. That's the method I like to try to teach people. The question is then, okay, well, how do you start there? Well, first of all, I have to teach the horse what I call the go forward cue. In other words, what do I need to do from the ground to teach the horse to walk forward? and to walk forward past me. So we go a long way away from the trailer. We make sure that the horse basically learns how to lunge. Mm-hmm. It's, it's basically the same type of concept and the same type of process that teaching a horse how to lunge. I want to teach him to walk past me to where he's okay with that go forward cue, whether it be the spinning of a lead rope or the using, use of an extension of our hand of some sort, but use some sort of means to teach the horse that you do want him to take forward steps. And as he does, we just simply remove the pressure that takes him to get those forward steps. Therefore, he knows he's done the right thing. So we add, we add a little pressure. He takes a couple of forward steps. We take the pressure away. But I want to make sure that that is so deeply ingrained in the horse that he'll do it almost instantaneous upon cue so that hopefully later he doesn't mind doing it even at the trailer. Then the next thing I'll do is that's just to go forward cue. Then the next thing I'll do is I'll try to think to myself, hmm, how can I possibly simulate that box. Hmm. The way I like to do it is I like to use the opening of a stall. I'll lead him to the front of the stall and I'll stop. I'll stand on the outside and then I'll send the horse into the stall, which is a box. And maybe it's a 12 by 12 box. It may be bigger than a horse trailer, but at least he's having to go in an enclosure past me. And then he goes into that darker spot or that smaller spot, if you will. After I get the horse to the point where he trusts me in doing that, Trust me in going forward, going forward into a, an opening, such as the stall door, and into a box, now I've got at least two processes of my of my trailer loading thing taken care of. Then the next thing I've got to think of is, well, how can I teach him how to step up onto maybe a platform, a platform such as a trailer? At the ranch now, I've got uh, what I call a bridge, but all it is is basically a bridge that's built out of two by sixes. It's elevated up off the ground. Oh, mine's only up off the ground, maybe six to eight inches and I teach the horse how to walk past me and up onto the bridge. And I don't care if he goes across it the short direction, meaning he goes across the bridge, or if he goes it in the long direction across the bridge. But either way in the beginning, I just want to teach the horse to step up and step across the bridge. That way he feels that he's picking his feet up and he's standing on something that's not the ground. So that he feels that just because he puts his foot elevated onto something that that something is probably going to be stabilized enough to support his body weight.
1: Even if it's making that sort of hollow thump. Yes. And
0: that's the important thing is because when horses oftentimes get ready to load into a trailer, once they do get the confidence to put a foot up, they feel the trailer move a little bit or it makes that, like you said, a very hollow sound. It doesn't sound the same as the horse putting his hoof on the ground. So we want the horse to gain confidence in that. And you see, we go right back to the same thing, fear, trust, and confidence. The horse's fear of the trailer is, is very legitimate, very real. But we have to teach the horse to gain confidence in the cue of going forward, going forward beyond us and past us into an enclosure of some sort. And then lastly, teaching him that it's okay to step up onto something other than the ground, some, some sort of platform that has that insecure feeling possibly about it and also that, that different sound. Once I put those three steps together, now we will take them and apply those same three things at the trailer. So we'll go to the trailer and wherever, this is the key thing I want people to realize, wherever the horse wants to start, that's where we start. Meaning I'm going to lead him to the trailer as if I've got no doubt whatsoever that when we get to the trailer, he's going to walk right in. And wherever he stops, it may be 10 feet away from the trailer, it may be five feet away from the trailer, maybe just to the trailer opening, but wherever he stops, that's where we start. And wherever he stops, let's say he did stop five feet from the trailer. If he stops five feet from the trailer, I'm going to pause right there as if he just did the greatest thing that I could ever ask a horse to do. And I might even reach up and pet on him and just let him stand relaxed at that spot. Let him develop confidence in that spot. Let him gain confidence with me at that spot. After I feel that the horse is somewhat relaxed at that spot with me, then I'll ask the horse to take a step forward. So if whatever my go forward cue is, I'm going to ask the horse to go forward. If he takes one step, and even if he doesn't take that, if he just thinks about going forward, I'm going to reward that. I'm going to reward it by doing what? Taking the pressure that I applied to him to go forward. I'll just simply take that pressure away. And sometimes Laurie will get so ridiculous to the point where even if he's just looks at the trailer, or if his ears go forward to the trailer, I will stop. And, you know, I learned something from Tom Dorrance several years ago. It's called reward the thought. If the horse is thinking about going forward, I can just about tell he's thinking about going forward just by how his expressions are. So if I feel like he's looking forward as if he's looking for a place to go, and the only thing ahead of him is the trailer, and if his ears go forward toward the trailer, I'm going to back off at that point. In other words, I'm going to reward the thought. I want the horse to follow up on that thought by thinking that that thought's a good one. Mm-hmm. And if I pause at that moment, give the horse a chance to gain confidence in that thought, then the next time I ask the horse to do it, he'll, he'll come to that thought quicker. And enough times of him thinking about doing the right thing. His body will follow, and he'll follow through with doing the right thing, which is at least taking just one more step. And that's all I want the horse to do at this point in time, just one step closer. Once he's taken a step closer to the point where he is at the trailer opening, then I want to give that horse as much time as he needs to explore that trailer. I want him to explore how high the trailer is off the ground, which is something else we'll touch on just momentarily. But how high is the trailer off the ground? How tall does that next step need to be for the horse to take to, to put a foot up in the trailer? I want him to smell the floor so that he gains confidence and that there is something there And I don't mind if he looks around and smells the walls of the trailer and explores the depth of the trailer. In other words, I want him to realize what we're going to be asking him to do. At a point in time where I feel like the horse is almost disinterested in the trailer at that point, now I'll ask him for that one more step of courage, which is to take a step into the trailer. And if he even pretends that he's going to, again, we take that pressure off. Eventually, he'll get the idea that he's going to have to put a foot in the trailer. And here's the thing, too, I want to encourage, Laura, that when people are loading a horse into a trailer, if that horse puts one foot in and immediately takes it out, that's fine. If he puts another foot in, takes it out, that's fine. And I look at it this way. Every time he puts a foot in and takes it out, that presents me another opportunity to load him back up again. That gives me an opportunity to retrain that foot that he just put in there. It, retrain, it gives me an opportunity to retrain that horse to put that foot back in again. After a while, the horse says, man, what's the point in getting out? Every time I get out, he's going to put me right back in. Then he'll gain the courage to leave that foot in there. And then before you know it, you ask him to take another step forward, and here comes the second foot. And then usually at that point in time, the horse feels, wait a minute, I'm halfway in. And they'll want to back out. And I let them. I let them back out as many times as it takes. Because you see, I'm concentrating on the fact that it's not about the trailer. That might be my goal. But my long-term ultimate goal is to get this horse to learn to trust me to go in a trailer, go into a stall, go and do almost anything that I ask him to do. So I can't allow myself to get wrapped around the idea that it's just about getting him in the trailer. The long-term goal that's going to serve me for as long as I have this horse, or as long as I'm working with this horse, is to learn to trust me and learn to trust the fact that I may ask him to go into a trailer today I may ask him to walk across the suspension bridge tomorrow. So I've got to concentrate on the idea of getting the horse to trust me. And part of that trust means is that if he does get two feet in, then I'm now not going to lose my patience and spank him on the butt and try to spank him into the trailer. If he feels the need to come out, that's fine. I want him to know that he can trust the fact that if he wants to come out, I'm going to let him. I'm not going to try to trap him. And now that gives me the opportunity to train those front feet to go back in again. So I'll we'll retrain their front feet to take those same two steps to get in there. And usually over time, as you can tell, this process may take a while. It, I've seen it take as long as an hour, and I've seen it take as little as just a few seconds, depending on the horse and depending on the trailer and depending on the handler. But over time, the horse will begin to get trust in those two feet, and they'll follow up with the third and eventually the fourth. And just the other day at one of my clinics... It took probably about 20 minutes to get this horse finally to the point where she decided she wanted to get the courage and trust in me and the courage to step up in the trailer. And she did. And I told the owner, said, so, look, I know you're in a hurry. I know you want to get home. You're probably going to think I'm crazy. But the next thing we're going to do is allow the horse to come out. And I did. I just backed her right back out of the trailer. We started the process all over again. And it took maybe just seconds to load her the second time. And we backed her out the second time. And we loaded her up again. That time it took even less time to get her in the trailer. Mm -hmm. So what did that tell me? It told me that the horse learned that it wasn't such a scary place after all. And number two, if she did trust me to the point to get in there, she could trust me to the fact that I wasn't going to trap her in there. Mm -hmm. We allowed her the freedom to step out. And you see, because I've seen so many people go to all the trouble getting a horse to get in there, and then get in a big rush to slam the door in behind them. Yeah. And I can almost see it in the horse's eyes going, dang it, I knew I shouldn't have gone in there because I knew it was a trap. So the last thing I want the horse to think is that it's a trap. Because if it is a trap, it's not about the trailer. It's about the horse can't trust me to go in there because I'm going to trap it in there. And I, I just can't afford to have the horse think that. I want the horse to gain confidence in me and gain confidence in the trailer as well.
1: As I'm listening to you describe the process that you use to get the horse onto the trailer, I don't hear you saying, well, and if the horse, you know, lead it up there and if the horse won't go in, take it away, farther away and make it, lunge it and and make it lope or make it move and and then give it another opportunity to go in and let it learn that out here is where you have to work and in there is where you can rest. What, What do you, is that something you do? I mean, I've seen other trainers do that sort of thing or advocate that. What are your thoughts? I'm just curious on sure. what you think about that.
0: Depending on the horse, I will I will do that. You yeah. know, I, I wish I could say, yeah, I want to do that every time, but sometimes it's not necessary. Mm. But if I've got a horse that's fighting a lot to get away from the trailer, then oftentimes I will do that. I will lead the horse away. and But here's the thing is, if I lead the horse away and I, quote unquote, make it do circles or I lunge it or I back it up, in other words, I do whatever it is I want to do away from the trailer... The one thing I want to caution people about is do not allow your brain to think in terms that you're reprimanding the horse. Mm -hmm. What I want you to think of, though, instead, is that you're working on skills that you need the horse to develop better anyway. I can't think of a horse that lunges perfect. I can't think of a horse that backs up perfectly. I can't think of a horse that does anything that we're going to ask a horse to do to the point of perfection. Mm -hmm. So there's other things that I can do away from the trailer that I know is going to consume a lot more physical calories than what I'm going to ask him to do at the trailer, which is just to walk in, and step in quietly. So again, it kind of goes back to an old philosophy we've used for years and years and years of the horses. I want to make the right thing easy and the wrong thing difficult. If he wants, if he insists on being away from the trailer and gets to the point where he's being so evasive that he's fighting me kind of, and, and to the point where I don't think I can handle him at the trailer, then simply just take him away from the trailer. And exercising, but don't allow your brain to think in terms of reprimand. Allow your brain to think in terms of developing new skills.
1: And that's very similar to what you've talked about in the past. I think, I'm thinking when we were talking about, well, the herd bound horse, or the things you talked about at the expo in Iowa with the horse that was real worried about what was going on elsewhere. The the idea of, well, and I've heard you say, okay, well, if that's what you want to do, horse, I'll support that decision. Let's go over and do that. And while we're doing it, let's work on a skill like you've talked about. Um, And then when you're ready to pay attention to me and try again. So I think I hear you saying that if you've got the horse that they're not, you know, aggressively fighting you, but they're just stopping there at the entryway and sort of looking at it and maybe nosing it or something, that's not a horse you're going to use that technique on probably. Right. Okay. Yeah. They're not fighting you. They're just... Hesitating and kind of checking out the situation before they commit.
0: Right. And if they are so distracted about the other goings on or so distracted about getting away from the trailer. Then I will. I'll basically support them. I say, "You sure you want to get away from the trailer?" Because I
1: can, We can go away. From we can the tra- go away
0: from the trailer. That's not a problem. But when we do, unfortunately for you, it's going to consume a lot more energy than just standing quietly at the trailer.
1: Because we've got these things we need to work yeah, on anyway. Yeah, so let's got, go do that over yeah, here. Yeah,
0: exactly. We've got these other skills that you could get really good at doing. You know, it's going to help us both out. You know, I'm going to get better control of your hindquarter. I'm going to get better control of your shoulders. Get better control of your forward movement. Get better control of the lightness on your face. Sadly all of those things for your sake horse are going to consume a lot more energy than just going to the trailer and standing quietly and thinking instead of reacting mm-hmm. responding instead of reacting. And then once the horse is kind of in that responsive mode then we're allowed then to go back to our first cue which is your go forward cue. Yeah. And it's amazing though really and I've done this so many times I've done it at horse expos in front of large audiences. In fact, one year I did it Road to the Horse, and there was like 6,500 people in the audience. And and just within minutes, the horse learns that it's okay to trust you, even at the back of the trailer. It's okay to trust you by putting one foot in. It's okay to trust you to put the second foot in and the third and the fourth. It's okay to even stand in here momentarily and then back out. Because, you see, every time he backs out, it gives me an opportunity to practice reloading. And if every time he backs out, I reload him, after a while, he's going to think, you know what, this backing in and out is hard work. I think I'm just going to hang out in here for a while. Yeah. And that at that point, the horse almost rewards himself and we both win. You know, the other thing too, Laura, I want to kind of just briefly mention, there's a four-letter word I think of a lot of times when I'm thinking of asking a horse to do anything. And and I'm, I think of it a lot when we get to the trail loading thing, because I've heard people say this before, oh my goodness, I got to take my horse to the vet and oh man, I sure hope he loads good today. And I hear them say that. What I really hear them saying is the horse may not load today. You know, see, I love the word hope. I think it's a very useful word, but hope and horsemanship just doesn't go hand in hand in my opinion, because when we hope the horse is going to do something, the thing that I think of is that there's an implication there that he might not. And see, there's never a doubt in my mind that as long as I'm asking to do the horse or asking the horse to do something that's fair, something that I know that's within his capabilities, then I don't really have to hope that he can do it. I know that he can do it. It's just a matter of when. So I don't really worry about if he's going to load in the trailer. I'm more concerned about how long is it going to take? Is it going to take a minute, two minutes or three minutes? And what I want the horse to realize is I don't care how long it takes. I'm just committed to the task. And as a result, the end result will always be positive. If we put a time restraint on it, or if we're late for an appointment, there's already negative energy there. And the horse is going to feel that it's going to feel that additional pressure. And that's just something we can't allow to happen. We just have to know that the horse is going to load and we're going to load it the best of our abilities and whatever amount of time slot we have available. And, and I even tell people this, if you can't get the horse loaded today because you're going to be late for an appointment or whatever the case may be, Just stop. Find a good positive place to quit that's calm and relaxing for both you and the horse. And let's try it again the next day and get a little bit closer the following day. I don't prefer doing it that way. I prefer getting the horse loaded. But if for whatever reason you find that your patience is stretched beyond a positive point for you, just find a good place, stop, pause, and then come back and try it again the following day.
1: Well, it seems like this approach is certainly. More consistent with an understanding of the horse and how the horse's mind works, and and all the things that you've talked about in previous episodes and stuff, and it's certainly more calm and right. peaceful and more safe for everybody involved than some of the approaches I've seen that involve you know sticks and beating the horse on the butt or wrapping ropes around the the horse's. You know, hind end or, or
0: men locking arms, or men and, locking
1: <laughs> arms, and, or, or people trying to lure them in with a you know, bucket of oats or something, right. um, or you know, putting little piles of it every few inches. With it. I've done that, so I have to <laughs> confess because some I th- somebody told me it would work for the record, it did not, but <laughs> but I've seen you do this process with a horse that quote unquote would not load, this horse won't load, and I've seen you get it done. In a very, a relatively short period of time, in a very calm and quiet way. Right. So I know it works, and I guess it's just one of those things that listeners who are having issues with horses that won't load are going to have to take your word for it. I guess, <laughs> but but it seems to me that a key to it is what you were just saying is you got to be committed to the process and to the attitude about it without looking at your watch. Right. Um, because if you're in a hurry. And you're getting more and more impatient and more and more anxious because you need to be somewhere. Or if you've just taken on the attitude of, by golly, I'm going to, I'm going to make this horse load. I'm right. going to get this done. Neither one of those approaches is going to be productive and you're not going to get the result that you want.
0: Right. And even if, depending on the means you use, even if you get the horse in there today. Yeah. That doesn't solve how much, the problem. Yeah. How much more difficult is going to be tomorrow because you've lost the trust factor that's mm-hmm. so needed not just in the trailer loading but it's needed in every aspect of our horsemanship. So I, sometimes the means doesn't justify the ends. So we have yeah. to we have to really be careful in how we select the process because it may have ramifications in other areas for horsemanship as well.
1: Yeah. Before we wrap up I want to ask once you get the horse in the trailer and you're ready to take off do you have any recommendations in terms of you know should the horse be tied not tied should there be hay in there not hay halter on, halter off, any of those sorts of things in terms of safely transporting a horse once you've got them in the trailer?
0: Yeah. It, and a lot of times it depends on the type of trailer that we've got. And it also so depends on how long their journey may be. Mm. And it may depend on whether or not there's another horse in there. So there's a lot of variances that uh, may come into play in situations like that. You know, if I am going to tie a horse in a trailer, I want to be very careful. You asked the question about hay. I'm going to be very, very careful to either have the horse tied with a loose enough lead rope that he can get his head down to cough, or if he's going to be in a, a trailer like our old-style two-horse trailers that's got a box on the front of it and they can't mm. get their head down or they can't get their head extended, I don't want to feed hay. Mm. And the reason why is because if a horse can't get his head down or his neck extended to cough, and they're eating hay while we're moving and all the other types of things. I don't want the horse to get the hay lodged in his throat and not being able to get his head down in a situation he could cough. Um, I also don't feel the need to reward the horse, quote unquote, reward the horse by feeding him in the trailer just because he's done something well. The reason why is it may feel good to us, but we also have to look at it from the horse's perspective They don't necessarily grasp the idea that he got the reward because of the action that he took to get in the Mm -hmm. trailer. There may be feet in there, but can he bridge the gap between loading and the reward? The reward comes that he's simply at peace. He's at rest. He's in a place with no pressure. And that's how we basically want to train our horses. And, and, and if people really think that's silly, I'd like for them to come and let me know how many times they've seen a mare reward her foal by giving it an extra blade of grass every time it's done something good. Mm-hmm. They just don't do that. So therefore, horses really don't grasp that bridging of the gap, if you will, of a reward at the end of it. And even if they did, we also have to realize the fact that they are unlike a lot of other animals in the animal kingdom. They're not feast or famine feeders which means they can't always be bribed with a a reward such as a fish or a treat. Because at one point in time, the treat is not going to be worth the effort for the horse. And he's going to say, you know what, the the reward isn't worth the the action. And um, it's not that they can't get started in that direction, but horses generally don't stick with that process. The process that they do stick with is one that's been with them since the day they were born. And that's the process of whenever they're doing something that's incorrect, there's going to be some sort of energy consumption there, whether it be physical energy or there's going to be stress. Mm-hmm. Whenever they're doing something that is correct, the stress goes away. Mm-hmm. They're consuming less energy. That's basically how their world works. And I think that's if if we can call something natural horsemanship, that's the way we kind of need to lend is that we're working with both the mind and the body to prevent stress. Prevent stress is going to conserve energy, and that's just the way their mind and their bodies work. So, to answer your question, no more directly about the hay, um, whether we tie them or not, there's a lot of things in there that kind of play in. But my personal method is, is that if I'm hauling a horse alone and I can offer them an opportunity to move around in the trailer, I will. And especially if it's an experienced horse. Mm-hmm. If it's a horse that's his first time, say, in a, in a trailer, I may want that horse to uh, maybe have the security, if you will, of like if he's in a slant load trail, I'll go ahead and close the slant. And I will time because I don't want him to get his head down at the same time I take a right-hand turn. Mm. And now all of a sudden the horse gets thrust forward and it makes him uncomfortable. So I'll just keep his head up in a position that's going to be safer for him, and I'll also keep his body in a position that uh, will kind of restrict the extra movement that he might do because I don't want to catch him off guard and off balance. Yeah. If it's a more experienced horse, so you know, my old gilding, he's literally been hauled. I hate to even begin to count the miles. He's been back and forth across the United States numerous times. He's been as far north and as far south as you can possibly go numerous times. Every time I had the opportunity to put my, put him in the trailer by himself, I would let him have the entire trailer. I wanted him to have the freedom to move. The freedom to lay down if he wanted to, and um, but I wouldn't recommend that to everybody. I would almost kind of want them to make them make them aware of their horse's experience and the safety of their trailer. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, boy, that's a lot of great stuff, John. I hope you you find that helpful. If their listeners have questions in follow-up to the things that Van has talked about on this episode in terms of trailer loading, questions that we didn't address, we'd sure love to hear what those are. You can email us at info at vanhargis.com with your questions about this or any other topic related to horsemanship, and we'll address it. Van will either reply by email or likely address it in a future episode of the podcast You can also contact Van via the Facebook page. Look for Van Hargis Horsemanship on Facebook. Make sure you like the page so that you can get some updates. Leave a message there, a post on the page with your questions, your comments, your suggestions. I always want to remind you that if you enjoy Ride Every Stride and if you feel like it's a worthwhile podcast, we would appreciate it very much if you'd consider leaving a review of it in iTunes or on Stitcher. It really helps with making the show more visible to other people who might enjoy it. But even more important to us, the feedback is invaluable for Van as he considers what topics to address on the show going forward. So you can look for the show in iTunes or on Stitcher. You can find it actually by going to vanhargis.com slash iTunes or slash Stitcher, that'll take you right to the place where you can subscribe to the show, but also leave a, a couple of sentences of a review. And we'd appreciate that very, very much. I think that's all I had. Um, Van, any last words for the listeners?
0: Laura, I can't think of a thing other than so I just want to tell everybody you know, a huge thank you, um, because I really enjoy when people do get back with us and let us know things that's on their mind, whether, or the suggestions they may have for the podcast. And uh, I also want to say thank you for those who are listening on a regular basis because uh, it really gives us an opportunity, in my case anyway, it gives me an opportunity to practice my calling, if you will. This is I couldn't do it without the listeners, and I just want to tell them how deeply appreciative I am to have them join us each and every week. And I want to just end by saying, you know, until next time, just remember, it's your trail, your journey, and your life, so ride every stride.